Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. So in the year that you won goalie of the year, you weren't even and, the starter first, at the beginning. And first team All-American. And I was at riding attackman in the Ohio State game on the field. Welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Every week, we'll be talking shop with lacrosse goalies, coaches, and special guests. This is the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Now your host, Coach Damon Wilson. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, goalies from around the world, welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Damon Wilson, and this is the podcast 100% dedicated to lacrosse goalies, where it is my job each and every week to get out there, track down the best goalies, the best coaches, the best trainers in our sport, interview them, and find out what makes them so great. What are the mindsets that they have? How do they go about thinking about this position, this sport? How do they train? Everything. This week, we've got one of the greatest. In fact, he was goalie of the year in 2004 with the Naval Academy. It is the legendary Matt Russell, an interview, a goalie that I have wanted to uh, interview for a long time because I love his style, love his energy on the field, love his leadership skills on and off the field. I really think you're going to enjoy this interview with goalie Matt Russell. Before we start this interview with Matt, I want to let you all know about an awesome upcoming event. It's the Virtual Lacrosse Goalie Summit 3. And if you are a goalie, a coach, or a parent of a lacrosse goalie trying to figure out this crazy position that we call lacrosse goalie, this event is for you. It is 16 different coaches over the course of four days, and they'll each be presenting on a different aspect of lacrosse goalie, all with a single goal to make you better, all right? It's going to run from March 3rd, Wednesday, March 3rd, through Saturday, March 6th, and here is the best part. It is 100% free to attend. I'm so pumped to announce this lineup of coaches. They're really the best in the sport. We got Goldie Smith, Kyle Burnlore, Liz Hogan, Matt DeLuca, Brian Phipps, Dom Madonna, Trevor Tierney, on and on. The lineup is really awesome. We're going to be coming to you live from the comfort of your own home, March 3rd through March 6th, all 100% free. Reserve your ticket at www.goaliesummit.com. That's www.goaliesummit.com, and I'll see you there. I am here with Matt Russell of the Naval Academy. Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks. uh, Excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Damon. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. It's a long time coming. I'm, I'm really glad we're able to do this. Um, I was wondering if we could start back at your very first time you jumped into goal. Do you remember that? Yeah, I, I absolutely do. It was, uh, it was in uh, my hometown, Madison, Connecticut, um, and it was uh, in the parking lot. My dad opened the trunk of his car and said, here's some equipment, and we all scrambled to the back, and uh, I gravitated towards the, the goalie stick and the, the chest protector and, and the, the massive old uh, helmet. Nice. Just pre, threw them on it and helmet. jumped right in there, huh? Yeah. yeah. I love it. Were you um, – I mean – I started playing in college and was instantly scared of the shot. Like, whoa, like, I can't believe these guys are shooting it this hard. Did you have to deal with those feelings of, of being scared of the ball? No, I, I started that, that experience was in fourth grade. And so, you know, the, the average probably velocity of a shot was uh, less than five miles per hour. So I think I just grew, grew with the sport. Um, and it wasn't really until I got to, to professional lacrosse where I thought I had to be really mindful about like, do you really choose to step in front of that shot or not? Because you might break a finger, you know, you might really hurt yourself. Um, so no, I've been, and, and I was fortunate. That's really good. Um, I mean, that, that's pretty unique, right? You're one of those, you're one of those goalies. We can qualify as the, uh, as the crazy type. All, all goalies yeah. are a little bit crazy, I think, but the ones yep. who don't fear the ball, watch out for those guys. Uh, so that must made, must have made you a pretty good goalie uh, growing up right right out of the gate, wouldn't would you say? Yeah, you know, I, I think um, you know my my dad was the coach, and and just the neighborhood fathers were you know that picked up the sport were the coaches. So I would say I, I was good in the sense that I had quick reflexes and wasn't afraid of the ball and and was athletic. Um, you know, it probably wasn't until I really got to college uh, and worked with Ray Finnegan where I would say like it all came together and, and, and I really had, you know, a, a kind of set style of play. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I want to get to that style of play because it's definitely, you know, it's definitely unique. What about other sports? Did you play other sports growing up? Yeah. So uh, it was a, it was a hockey family I grew up in and, um, yeah. you know, uh, played soccer as well. But we were actually, uh, yeah, we were all kind of pushed to play hockey. And, and my, my dad had played and my brothers played. And, um, you know, I stand a mighty, you know, 5'8", 165. And so, you know, to, to play Division One competitive hockey, you know, I think you, you ultimately needed to be bigger. And I know lacrosse has come a long way from that standpoint. But um, I found I found my way in the lacrosse field and candidly, like I got because I was better at lacrosse, I got pulled and, and was more interested at, at the end of the day in the sport. Mm -hmm. Did you ever did you ever play any like midi or attack uh, in, in the sport of lacrosse? Yeah, it's one of the number one things when I've coached over the years, I recommend to young goalies as well. Um, you know, one of my best friends was the other goalie. And so from fourth grade all the way to high school, I only played goalie half the game or half the practice. Wow. Um, and, and why I think that's so important is like, you know, for, for goalies to, when you have a midi cutting right and shooting across his body, like naturally the mechanics of kind of where that ball is going to end up, you know, there's probabilities, right. And so, mm -hmm. or, or an attackman, you know, coming around the crease, you know, it's just natural when they're looking for the slide man to dump the ball into the bottom right corner or the top right corner. Right. And so if you have those muscle memories, as an attackman or a midi, I think that just makes you a better goaltender. 100% agree. Yeah, 100% agree. Getting a little experience on the other end and knowing what the attack, even as an offense, not just one single shooter, even as an That's offense, right. like what they're trying to do, uh, ups your goalie game tremendously, I think. Yeah. Um, so you don't really have much goalie instruction kind of growing up, or do you? Is there someone kind of coaching you and kind of showing you the ropes, or are you sort of figuring things out on your own? Yeah, so there was my, my mentor in the sport early on was a guy named Greg Gatrano, um, who, who's a legend in the sport. And, you know, it was I was lucky enough to attend a camp with him, probably fifth, sixth grade, and really gravitated towards his style of play. He was super aggressive, came out of the net a lot. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, and so what my parents did, which I was fortunate with, I, over the next two, three summers, I kind of followed Greg Gatrano to camps. Wow. And, and, uh, really, you know, adapted his style of play, I think in a, in a big way early in my career. Yeah. That's interesting. Wow. Yeah. I've, I've spoken with Greg. I've yet to get him on, on the podcast, the cat need, need to yeah. get that guy. I need to get that guy on the podcast. Um, maybe you can help arrange that. We'll talk about that afterwards. But, <laughs> um, awesome. So in addition to kind of like adapting his style, he taught you like the basics of like, this is the stance. This is, this is the, the arc that the, the positioning that you play. This is how you make a save those type of things. Yeah, that's right. And I think like, you know, what, what it comes down to is every goalie is, is different in our sport and we're all different types of athletes. And so I think uh, one of the things that he taught me early on is you need to be an athlete and you need to be explosive and what that looks like for you versus myself might look a little different in terms of how far along, how far apart our legs are, where our stick mm -hmm. is, you know, in terms of being completely vertical versus kind of halfway out, how far out your hands are, how far spaced your hands are, um, what your arc looks like, all of those things. Um, I'm not someone that was a big believer in there's one way to do it. I think it's you have to adapt to the goalie. Um, and that's something Greg taught me. Yeah, 100% agree with that. I 100% agree with that. I interview so many goalies. I think this is going to be podcast, you know, 83 or 82 or something like that. And I've learned so much along the way. And a lot of times what people explain to me, just it just doesn't work for my style, but I'm not going to rule it out for a kid that it could work. You know, if you've got a six foot three frame and you're 220, then you might be able to have success with the, with the wide base, right? And, and, and playing back in the goal um, That's right. on, on the arc, but not me. And, and not you, right? So that your style is more, you know, when you watch Matt Russell in goal, the style is really, you know, legs are moving. You're kind of coming out, challenging the shooter. How, how would you describe your, your, your style of play? Yeah, um, I think I think you nailed it. I, you know, I, I would say super, super aggressive stance. And, you know, if I wasn't ending up, um, you know, from from starting position in a high arc to to where kind of I made contact with the ball, if I wasn't ending up at the edge of the crease, which is, you know, that's a you know, six foot radius, right? It, you know, I was, I was kind of making up a lot of ground and I was not, I would describe it as I would never wait for the ball to come to me, right? Like in, in midair, I would go attack the ball and not decide or wait and say, okay, where, how is that ball going to skip or bounce? 
or you know or, or take another hop or deflection i was going to go say okay once the ball is out of the stick i make a judgment call on where to go to and where to move to and the other part of that is I would say early on in my career and even through college candidly, and I know the sport's gotten more competitive and shooters are better, but even, you know, as, you know, being, being a smaller goalie, um, even at the college level, playing a hierarch, I think the stat I'm most proud of to, to this day is goals against average, not saves that percentage, but goals against average. And, and one of the things that kind of I think about is there was multiple times because of my high arc or my positioning an inexperienced call it shooter at the high school level or college level wouldn't even take the shot, mm. right? Because yeah. they didn't see the cage. Now, you know, you flip that on top of its head and, and, and I'm sure we'll get there. But when I got to the pros, I realized these shooters didn't care at all where I was in the cage. And so I said, there's actually more benefit to me having a little bit more reaction time. So mm -hmm. I pulled back my arc, uh, you know, and probably cut it in half. Yeah. I think that like you, you and I are the same size. I'm five foot eight, um, about 165 as well. And I think that, you know, for that size of a goalie, like you can't play with your heels on the arc that, that it's tough. It's really tough. Cause you just don't have the reach. You just don't naturally take up as much of the cage as like a Scotty Rogers or, you know, John King can and those uh, Jack and can those big guys. Right. So, um, I, I, you know, for goalies who are that size, I really encourage, they at least give that style a try if they're not doing it already. Wouldn't you yeah. agree? Absolutely. Yeah. And then yeah. the, 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 the thing I tell goalies is, is meet the ball at the point of impact, like go, go, go get that ball. Don't let it come to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is a great stat that goals against average. Cause it, it, it factors in many things like one, the saves, which, you know, all, all goalies should be able to make, but two, just your ability to gen, um, run a defense, right. Yep. That's certainly factored in. And then, you know, winning ground balls and chasing out shots, which was a big part of your game. Right. Yeah, ab absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, to, to this day, I think Navy, you know, that Oh four Oh five team, when we went to the national championship, we still hold that, that record in NCAA for goals against average, which, which I'm proud of because it, again, it comes down to whether it was me taking an angle away or communicating with a defenseman that just uh, made, made a great play and made a low percentage, you know, shot come off, um, which was easy for us to swoop up and transition the ball. Yeah. I love it. Love it. Cool. So kind of going back to your story, when um, was it, in high school, when you first kind of realized like, Hey, I could, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good at this. I could, I could probably play at the next level or, or how did that come, come to be? Yeah. I, uh, I, w I went to Fairfield prep, uh, which is a Jesuit high school and followed my older brother there. And, um, and, and the motivation for going there was one, one, my brother was there and two, it was, you know, ironically there was a hockey team and my, my high school, my hometown didn't have a hockey team. And so that was really one of the drivers. Um, and we were a competitive team with a great coach uh, guy, uh, Chris Malkais. And, um, you know, I would say, you know, it, you, you know, I, I probably realized by sophomore, junior year that, that I, I was going to be competitive, which was super exciting. And my parents put me in a position with, you know, at that time, it wasn't travel teams. It was right. going to top 205 or, or whatever it was to get in front of the right coaches. Yeah. And um, what ultimately made you select the Naval Academy? You know, it was, it was, uh, it was funny. I actually told coach Urich at Georgetown that I was going to come. Um, and, uh, and this is before, I guess, you know, all the big signings and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I, I just reflected and I don't know how I got to this conclusion when I was 17, 18 years old in my head, but I said, you know what, I want, I want to serve. And, uh, and, and, and so I, I ultimately decided to kind of step back and, 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 and rethink that and then chose the Naval Academy, which in hindsight was the, I would call it the best decision I've made in my life. So. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for your service. Uh, yeah. I really appreciate it. My dad was in the army. We've been telling stories since I've been back. Uh, he's been yeah. telling stories since he's been back visiting, but uh, really appreciate it. Thank you very much. No, appreciate it. Love doing yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so then you, you get to the Naval Academy and you mentioned kind of that at, at that point, that was, you know, where maybe your game took, took a step up or you got some like very focused coaching. Could you talk yep. us through like what that was all about? Yeah. So um, I knew it was going to be a battle. Um, so I, I came in my freshman year, there was a, a goalie that had just started a guy named Septanola, who's uh, an, an extraordinary athlete and, uh, and, 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 you know, a team leader and, um, just like, you know, his work ethic and all, all, all the above, he checks all the boxes. Right. And mm -hmm. so immediately 
I, uh, I, you know, had a lot of work ahead of me. And, and then freshman year, I, uh, in a, in a boxing um, incident, I had dislocated my shoulder. And so I had to have reconstructive surgery. And so I would say freshman year was more observing, watching, rehabbing my shoulder um, and, uh, and, and picking up a couple tips. And, and then Ray, Ray Finnegan really broke down my game um, and, and brought it to the next level. And, and I was lucky enough, um, you know, to get the start, um, you know, one or two games into my sophomore year. Wow. What are some of the things that Ray taught you? Yeah. Uh, you know, I would say um, watching the ball come into your stick. I know it sounds like such a simple concept, uh, but just really like, you know, watching everything from the, the release of the ball all the way into your stick, right? So many goalies, mm-hmm. especially like on a bounce shot and, and you and I played in a time where not every field was a turf field. So there's a lot of grass, grass fields and a lot of trickery around that. And like so many goalies just, you know, kind of keep their head looking down the field or, or, or look down, but just really kind of focusing laser focused on watching that ball hit your stick. Um, and then, you know, I would say 50 over 50% of the time I spent with Ray Finnegan was shots from within three yards. So we would spend a ton of time where he would be behind the cage or another goalie feeding behind. And we would get a lot of like enclosed shots and, um, you know, we used what was called the mirror technique. In other words, if he was on the back right side of the cage, I was in the back front left side of the cage, the opposite side. So there was a lot of positioning. In other words, putting your body in a position um, that allowed for kind of highest probability to be there and get hit by the ball or, or just be an athlete when you turn. And, yeah. uh, and he was just massive about when you turned, you know, wherever you were in the cage, just being an athlete and being explosive. Um, And I think like, you know, just being kind of compact and explosive combined with kind of what he taught me, uh, you know, it was a struggle at first, but it certainly uh, really helped. Um, And, and, and having a dedicated goalie coach too, like I I tell people having that many reps is, is unique, right? Not every goalie uh, gets that. And, you know, and and a a lot of youth programs have one coach, take care caring for 20 kids and uh you know right. it doesn't always work out that a goalie gets a lot of reps yeah and you've got like a dedicated person that that knows you you know so so unlike you know the head coach if, if there's just one coach on a youth team and maybe they work with the goalie once a week this yeah. this this you know you're this into this coach is working with you every day and if they see something like a bad habit developing they can quickly correct that yeah and I would, um, and, and the other, the other, and sorry to cut you off. The, the other aspect of that is, is really like the quality of the shooter, right? You know, when I was in high school, for instance, there was an assistant coach that was a, a college, you know, player. And so he was shooting the ball hundred miles an hour at me. And the average shot I was seeing in a high school game was probably what 50, right. And Ray Finnegan was a really good shooter. And I was seeing a lot of really high quality shots. And so I always joke, and, and, and there's a lot of truth to this. I wish I could have gone and played professionally for one year and then come back and back and play college because the velocity of the shot just makes you so much better. And so any young goalie, it's like, if you can get a great shooter, that's going to really throw the ball at you, you know, in, in the game, it's going to look like a beach ball. So. Yeah, absolutely. I highly recommend that for you to playing up a little bit um, yeah. like during the summer, summer league, even just summer ball. Um, if you can, like and get and getting those higher quality, higher speed reps. Um, and then you go back and then people are shooting, you know, 10, 15 mile an hour slower. And you're like, this is pretty easy. Yeah. <laughs> Not easy, but you know, uh, I wanted to go back to a point that you mentioned, cause I thought it was a great one where when I asked, you know, what did he teach you? It was like, watch the ball. And it is what you said. And everyone's like, well, yeah, duh. But that kind of, you know, sometimes there's so much going on as a lacrosse goalie. I mean, we could talk for hours about it, right? Like you got to be a leader of the team. You got to know the defense. You got to call it the slides. You got to, you got to do all this, your positioning. Then all of a sudden, like this very basic piece of advice and what everyone starts with, you you lose track of. And so it may sound like very simple advice, but going back to the basics is many times what a lot of goalies need to, to up their game. Right. Yeah. And, and, and one, one drill to help with that is, um, is just putting a player stick in your hands, right? Yeah. You know, you, you, you get those shots that are just like naturally, oh, I'm going to save this. But then, you, you know, in practice, you know, swap out your goalie stick with a player stick. And I guarantee you, your eyes are going to watch that ball hit your stick every single time. Mm-hmm. 
Awesome. Uh, would you call yourself like a natural leader? Um, you know, I, I would, I would like to think so. Um, yeah. I, I definitely like, uh, you know, corralling the troops, uh, and, uh, and, and motivating a defense. And, you know, I would like to think I also ha have kind of a, a calm demeanor about me. And so, um, I think that's an important for a leader of any defense or offense. Yeah. How did you go about demonstrating those, you know, becoming a leader, uh, of those men at the Naval Academy, you know, when you got that start, uh, as a, as a sophomore, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, listen, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely earned over time. Um, mm -hmm. I would say, you know, first and foremost, you know, watching guys like Seth and Ola, right. Like where their work ethic is just second to none. Right. And so, um, having that credibility that you're going to work harder than anyone, um, is, is important, right. Like, because you want to lead from the front and then beyond that, um, you know, you, you, you know, there, there is some correlation between a leader and, and a, and a performer and uh, you know, you have to perform and to be able to lead. And so just kind of focusing on the basics and making saves kind of translated to gaining the trust of, of what was a more senior defense. Yeah. Love it. Uh, did you work with Mickey Jarbo at all? I did. Awesome. What was he like? Cause he a two time goalie of the year, Naval goalie. Um, Naval Academy goalie. Um, what was he like? Yeah. What'd so, you, um, you know, when, when I, when I visited the Naval Academy when I was in high school, he, he, he brought me around um, based on the time gap. Um, by the time I got to the Naval Academy, he was at flight school. Um, he's a helicopter pilot. And then he, he went on to, I believe it was San Diego. So I didn't spend a lot of time with him when I was in college, but mm -hmm. when I moved to San Diego in the military, military, um, he was out there. And then we actually had a chance to play, together professionally, um, which was, which was fantastic and a lot of fun. And, and in terms of what, what's he like, um, you know, he is, uh, he's, he's highly emotional in the cage, which I give him a hard time about, you know, giving his defense a hard time and pushing people around him. Um, and his reflexes are, you know, are incredible. Right. And so he makes saves that he has just no reason to, to be able to make. And he also gets the ball out of his stick quickly in transition. Nice. Nice. Awesome. So then uh, you're at Naval Academy and it sort of, um, I guess, like, I don't know if like accumulates to, to the 2004 season, um, yep. you know, where, where Navy goes on an amazing run. You have an amazing season uh, winning goalie of the year. Um, was there anything different that you sort of did leading into that 2004 season? Or was it just sort of like, you know, just all your experience kind of leading you to where to where you were? Yeah, it's, listen, it's, it, it was a, it was a story of momentum, you know, when we were, you know, it was a, a lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of sports writers call it, you know, fairy tale season. And that's what it was, right? Like I, I, uh, that was my sophomore season as well. And so, um, you know, the week before the first game, the head coach brought me into his office and said, Matt, um, you, you didn't get the job. And so the week leading up to our first game in the season, I had transitioned to being a riding attackman. Uh, and so my morale couldn't have been any lower, but I showed up, I hustled in practice and, um, you know, we ended up uh, losing to Ohio state, I believe it was in, in the first game of the season. And, you know, the team just needed, you know, a change, um, you know, at, at that moment in time. And so I got the look against North Carolina, um, which, you know, I, I don't think we were expected to win that game. And, uh, you know, I, I, I played well and, and the rest is kind of history from there. And it was, uh, it was, it was, it was a fun season and, you know, we had uh, really strong classes uh, kind of across the board. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. So in the year that you won goalie of the year, you weren't even and, the starter first, at the beginning. And first team all American. And I was a riding attackman in the Ohio state game on the field. Awesome. That is so awesome. What a motivational story, right? Cause, cause yeah. a lot of times, you know, goalies think they need to win that job right out of the gate to have any success in anything or to go to college or to get the looks. But I mean, here we are saying like you were riding attackman in the very first practice. And, and what did that lead to at the end of the season goalie of the year and a national championship uh, yep. showing unbelievable, yep. unbelievable. What, what a great story. Um, and then ultimately, you know, that, well, let me ask this. What was it like to play in a national championship game? Yeah, you know, it was, uh, it, was it was a little bit of a blur. Uh, I, I think uh, that that probably is, is was was my, was my nerves talking. You know, it's a mm -hmm. it's a big arena. It's a big stadium. And um, and, 
you know, but but super super exciting. Uh, you know, yeah. but, but cer- certainly, uh, I, w- I would uh, I would say I would say I was nervous going into the game for sure. Yeah, are you? Um, were you a goalie that got a lot of pregame nerves? I mean, all goalies get like pregame nerves to some extent, but some goalies get it like I feel like vomiting every single time, and some goalies are like, "Yeah, I've got this under control." Where, where did you fall on that? Yeah, on that no, I, I would say I was I was mostly pre- pretty calm. The the co-captain of my team, a guy named John Bersner, I think threw up before every game, and uh, so you know <laughs> that was never me. But um, no, you know, I I really. I watched a ton of film uh, on shooters and kind of the release of, of how they shot the ball and, and a lot of, you know, setups and plays and, and man up. And so, you know, I always felt prepared and, and I think maybe that calmed my nerves going into any game. And, um, you know, by that point in the season too, we had beaten a lot of teams we weren't supposed to beat. So, you know, we, we had a, we had a chip on our shoulder still being the underdog as well. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. And then that gives you that confidence with each, with each victory. Um, yeah, I was, I got, I got pretty nervous, but once I got like, once I got going and got kind of made, it was usually the first save for me. I hate to say that because, um, you know, I I feel like, yeah, I feel like goalie should come out of the gate, like firing, but typically for me, whenever I got in the first or got hit with the ball, um, bam, I was in it and all nerves were gone. And then you're just playing. I, I, I agree. Now that you say that, I think that's, I think that's probably where I fell on the spectrum as well. Yeah. Um, I just recently watched that 2004 game and it's got some of the most like unbelievable sequences, um, you know, just yeah. like just the ground ball goes back and forth one way. And I, I don't know why, maybe it's because players with a stick technology have a lot more stick control, you know, like the ball stays in the stick these days, but there are just some really wild sequences in that game. Yeah. It was a, it was a lot of up and down running gun type lacrosse, which was the Syracuse advantage, you know, Navy, you know, our, our, our strategy was to slow the ball down, but yeah. you know, we had great midfielders like, you know, Graham Gill and, and the, and the Looney brothers that were able to kind of go toe to toe in terms of that transition game and be great ground balls. And I don't think a lot of people realized even on the television, you know, there was like some rain, um, some like pouring rain for like five minute periods. And so, you know, at that point in the time, like, but, you know, stick technology, right? What isn't what it was today uh, or isn't yeah. what it is today. And so I think that probably created more chaos as well. Yeah. And there's one play like at the end of the third quarter where like, I think it's a Syracuse guy. He's about ready to go out of bounds and he just like Gilman's it kind of like yeah. sidearm all the way down the field. And you just don't like see that anymore. You know, like people rarely get uh, at that level, rarely Gilman it. They're always just, you know, they've got the control with their stick and they can turn around and find somebody. Um, and that ends up leading to a play where I think you dislocated your shoulder on that play, right? Like you come yeah. out and just do a massive hit. Um, can yeah. you tell, that, tell what happened? Yeah, there? exactly. I, uh, I kind of, I saw that Gilman coming and, and because it was a Gilman, I don't think our defense was, uh, was set kind of man to man. And so, you know, I, 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 t- I took, uh, Brian Neon, who's a, who's a big individual at Syracuse and, uh, <laughs> you know, it wasn't my intention to, be in that situation but the way the the ball bounced on the on the, on the field it went right into his stick and so I knew I needed to hit him as hard as I could um and so you know not being fully kind of prepared or or positioned to hit him I just hit him awkwardly I would say um didn't think much of it but but call it you know save, save the play and uh they didn't score yeah. on that transition uh and uh, a couple minutes later realized I think maybe as I was clearing the ball that something was wrong with my shoulder um, and, and you fast forward, you know, post game and everything like that, I had broken my collarbone and dislocated my shoulder. And so the issue was every time they would reset my shoulder on the sideline between plays, they were m- moving my collarbone fracture further apart, you know, and so it was creating, it was creating more issues for me. So. Yeah. But you ended up playing like half of the fourth quarter, right? Yeah. It was uh, (laughs) a lot lot of adrenaline and certainly wanted to be there for my team. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, Yeah. And then what a spot. I forget the backup, your your backup goalie's name, but what what a a spot for him to come in. Tie is like tie game, national championship, you know, cold as a penguin. I mean, (laughs) geez. Yeah. Yeah, Colin, Colin Finnegan, actually Ray Finnegan. Finnegan's son, and uh, again, great, great goalie, uh, and just yeah, tough, tough situation to come into for sure. Yeah, awesome. Uh, well, thank you for re- recapping that tale. It satisfies my curiosity. I know a lot of listeners are probably wondering because um, yep. you know when you're watching the TV broadcast, you, you kind of forgot about the hit. All of a sudden, mid fourth quarter, it's like, wait a minute, Matt Russell's coming out of the game. Like, what? What? You know, what yeah. happened? <laughs> so. 
Yep. Awesome. What, um, you know, talking about training goalies or maybe like kind of switching topics a little bit, training yep. goalies or, or training yourself, what, what are um, some like basic drills that, that you like to do? Yeah, I think, um, you know, the core, core is, is super important. So I was a big believer. Um, I, I know, I know agility drills have come a long way since I was in the cage, but I would say just, you know, using a medicine ball, kind of throwing, ball, you know, across your body, you know, mm-hmm. sitting down, you know, you have to have a strong core in the sport, um, you know, jump rope or, or things of like that nature that are more like fast twitch, I think are important. Um, and, and then from there, um, you know, later in life, which, which I kind of grew to love is, is, is boxing too, is a, is a great activity. Um, and I think probably pretty easy to do for, for goalies in high school, just to get a set of gloves and, and hit a bag, right? Like, you know, a lot of the same kind of fast twitch muscles and a lot of, a lot of movement across your body, uh, you know, mm. I think. That is true, right? Like, like throwing a, you know, like a right cross is kind of the same thing as exploding, you know, across right. your body to make an off stick, an off stick type save. And, and great point about the core. Like my brother-in-law who I'm recording at his setup right now, he's a personal trainer. And when we watch tape on goalies, you know, he's, his, a lot of the workouts that we do are a lot of core stuff, a lot of resistance uh, I'm, I'm really big. I love resistance bands, like throw resistance yeah. bands over somebody and then just have them walk the line or have them, you know, make their saves. And that kind of builds those, those that muscle memory. Yeah. yeah. What about, um, let's say, you know, 12 year old kid comes to you, you're coaching them for the first time, raw ball of raw ball of clay. Uh, how, how do you mold that? How do you mold them into, into an elite goalie? Yeah. You know, you, you, you put, you put them in the cage right away. And, um, you know, if, if it's, uh, you know, stage fright with getting hit by a lacrosse ball, you, you quickly put tennis balls in place and mm-hmm. you see what type of athlete they are, right? You know, um, are they going to be someone that makes a lot of saves with their stick? Are they going to make a lot of saves with their body, right? Like, um, and, and then you, you adapt from there. Um, but, but I think like the, where we started the conversation, you know, the fundamentals in terms of there's a certain way to hold that stick. There's a certain arch you should you should walk on. You know when when you're making saves, transitioning from a feed behind the cage in front of the cage. I think there's there's these you know five or six kind of core things that that every goalie fundamentally needs to have. Um, and, and on that f- list of five or six, I would say if they don't have the right head space, um, mm. right? You know you're down and out and beating yourself up. Uh, it's too tough of a position to, uh, to, to bounce back when you're psychologically not there. Yeah. How do you go about coaching that? Or how'd you go about developing, you know, that mental toughness? Cause it is, it's such an important element. I mean, we talk about it literally every podcast because it's that, it's that important and everyone's got, you know, kind of their own take on, you know, how you become mentally tough. Cause it's such a complex topic for such a difficult position. So I'm curious how you go about building mental toughness. Yeah, listen. I think it was it was probably because of the players I was surrounded by and the coaches I was surrounded by. You know, and and those those are the people where uh, you know none of those people that that I would say were mentors in my life. You know, uh, paused to feel bad for themselves, right? Uh, and uh, you know, it's kind of pick yourself up and be a good teammate. And um, and part about being a good teammate is being accountable. You know, if if you let a ball in. And it's clearly your fault because you're out of position or something like that. Well, you know, pay it back the next one and, and work that much harder. Um, so I think it's, I think it's, I think it's just being selfless and being a good teammate. Yeah, I love that. Don't feel sorry for yourself. It reminds me, I had this uh, wrestling coach in high school, and he would say that he would say that all the time. As you, as you're like you know, like in pain or or doing some drill, and you start feeling sorry for yourself, and, and you're like, guys, dude. You know, your, your opponents don't feel sorry for you. You cannot feel sorry for yourself. Yeah. Um, I, I love that attitude. Awesome. Anything else come to mind when you think of mental toughness or is that kind of the main, the main one there? Yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, be, be, being accountable too. Um, you know, I, I, hate, I hate seeing go- goalies that, um, you know, pat, pass blame, you know, um, like if you got scored on it, it already happened and, and move on and, you know, huddle the defense, but not in a way where, you know, it brings down their morale or the attack may be like, Oh, they're on their heels. They're all yelling at each other, bickering at each other. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, it just comes back to being, 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 uh, being kind of that tough mindset. Like you, like you said. 
Okay. Um, well, yeah. And, go, and, go. and not letting anyone see it. You know, you can, you can, mm. you can be down and out, but um, you know, I think like true character is built by those that like get knocked down and are able to get back up, you know, um, that, yeah. that's diversity. Yeah. Going back, just kind of jumping back. I just thought of something. So is, would you say like lacrosse at the Naval Academy is, is different than lacrosse at like say a Duke or, you know, at a Virginia. Cause when I think of, you know, the military, I think of very structured accountability is sort of, is sort of like built in. Um, and I, I have no idea how the Naval Academy runs at all. Yep. <laughs> so I, I, I would love to hear your take on that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, I think the, I think the service academies, uh, attract a certain type of, of person and, um, you know, um, and, and w w with that, without a doubt, like there's that level of accountability and, and responsibility that you need to take is, uh, you know, um, so I, I, I agree. I would say, um, you know, what, what the service academies over the years, over the, over the recent history of maybe m m lacked in raw talent, lacrosse talent have probably made up in, in things like, you know, grit, right. Yeah. Um, you know, and if it's a 50, 50 ground ball, not feeling sorry for yourself because you're already bruised up on your arm, you know, but going out and getting that ball or, or laying, laying out to the sideline to make sure that you're, you're to the sideline at, 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 you know, after a shot. And so those little things add up. Um, and I think like, that's what you're going to get from a service Academy uh, athlete. Love it. Love it. Awesome. Um, so after, after the Naval Academy, is that when you go, went to professional lacrosse or, or did you go train in San Diego yep. and, and what, how, how did that come to be? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, uh, I, I, right out of the Naval Academy, uh, I was, uh, still at the Naval Academy for that summer. And so I was drafted to the Baltimore Bayhawks, um, played a little bit for them, uh, before I had to, uh, get shipped out to San Diego to start military training. Um, and, um, you know, if you fast forward, I did deployments to, um, both, uh, Iraq and Afghanistan, but, but during workups and training, I had the opportunity to play with Mickey Jarbo and, and a bunch of other Naval Academy guys for LA Riptide, which was just a phenomenal experience. There was a, there was a guy out there, GW Mix, uh, who was the general manager and just, um, you know, he picked a team of, of, um, just like people like this from the service academy is like a guy named like mm. Anthony Kelly from Ohio state, just like maybe not the best players on the field, but just like raw grit. And uh, we had a, a great run there. And, um, and after those two deployments, I came back, took a little time off from the sport, just based on kind of my military obligations. And then, um, you know, uh, Scott Hoxett and, and, and the Ritz brothers and Kyle Harrison asked me to play in LXN pro league which was uh, a ton of fun. And, uh, you know, for those that don't know the LXM Pro League, it's, uh, you know, merged in and is no longer, but that was predominantly on the West Coast. And uh, which is, again, great, great opportunity, great experience, great guys. Yeah. It was kind of like the PLL before, before the PLL, like a traveling exactly. Pro League of the best, of the best players, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And then you mentioned earlier in the conversation how your goalie game, specifically adapted because these guys were just picking corners mercifully mercifully so you had to step back um to give yourself a little bit more time um how was that for you like how did you um adapt to that style yeah I, you know i think um you know professional lacrosse at least at the time was more of a, a uh, an offensive game run, run and gun right like there's a couple components to that is is it's more individual defense style. It's more, there's a, there's a shot clock. Right. And so mm -hmm. I was spending less time orchestrating, you know, Hey, how the defense was going to position in a particular play. It was kind of athlete versus athlete. And I knew mm -hmm. I was going to see rubber. And so yeah. it was really focusing on, let me put myself and my body in the best position to make a save. And, and the trade-off there was having a little bit more time to react to the, to, to the ball. Um, yeah. And, uh, and, and, and another thing was, you know, there's a lot of different release points, uh, from professional lacrosse players, um, like Kyle Harrison comes to mind, you know, in college lacrosse, one of the reasons I was so successful, I feel like, is I watched a lot of film on these shooters and a lot of them, it was pretty cookie cutter. It was straight over the top. And I, and I kind of knew where that ball was going once it left the stick. So I didn't need as much reaction time versus Kyle Harrison, has what called, you know, essentially a jump shot. And so I wouldn't even see the release of the ball. 
And mm-hmm. so I was already a step behind with a lot of these shooters. And, um, and you know, your, your, your time to react is just significantly reduced. Yeah. So needless uh, to say, my goals against average uh, wasn't, wasn't so great. Went up a little bit, huh? <laughs> yeah, as, as you do. Well, I, I don't know if lacrosse, even now with the PLL is a, it's, it's an offensive game. I mean, let's, let's just put it that way. Like these goalies are, are do you watch any PLL? Yep. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. These goalies, I mean, they're doing a tremendous job, but you know, in order to package up this, this, this sport of lacrosse and make it entertaining as possible, uh, all, all, all things do not favor the goalie. Yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think, I think we, you know, as a Navy defense, we probably average something like four and a half goals against as a game, you know, and, and, and professional lacrosse, I don't know what my average was, but it was something like probably 12 or 15, you know, and and you just have to be in that right headspace to accept that. Wow. Four and a half goals a game. That is phenomenal. That is phenomenal. That's gotta be some sort of record, huh? I think it, it still stands. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, what about a time that, you know, either with your time at Navy or um, in the pros where you went through a slump, you know, where you weren't kind of playing at that level that you were accustomed to playing at. Uh, did that ever happen? And how'd you get out of that? If so. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to reflect. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think uh, I don't look at it in terms of blocks of time, maybe by, by seasons, but more by, by games. Um, you know, I, I like to, to think of myself as someone that, you know, I, I can remember every save, every play, you know, uh, the number on the jersey of the guy that shot the ball against me, right? Like, you know, I, I was pretty, uh, I would say, locked in and in the zone. Um, there's mm-hmm. one game that comes to mind. Um, I think it was 2005 against Johns Hopkins at Hopkins. Um, you know, again, you know, it was, it was I can't even tell you the, 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 um, the score of the game but it was something probably like eight to 10. Uh, and, and I always reflect back on that game. And that was a game we should have won because, you know, of the call at 10 goals I let in, two of them were just in my, in my opinion, inexcusable. And, and maybe that's beating myself up too much, you know, but, but it's really, it was just like that lack of focus for one moment, you know, and one of them was like a low to low shot, which is pre- maybe the easiest save to make as a goalie. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, whether it was nerves or just bad luck, you know, um, that game kind of always stands out to me in my head. Interesting. Interesting. Um, what, um, were you a big, like, uh, after a goal goes in, were you a big post goal? Did you have some sort of post goal ritual that you would go through or what was your process there? Not, not, not really. I mean, if, if I felt like that, you know, it was, it was a breakdown defensively, you know, we'd, we'd huddle a defense and we would talk about it, but, um, you know, uh, a, a lot, a lot of times I would just kind of quietly reflect in my head and, and, and I made it a point to ne- never let anyone know whether it bothered me or not. Um, and just mm-hmm. kind of move on to the next play. I like it. And then sticking with rituals or any like pregame rituals, you're a big pregame ritual guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I always listen to Eminem. Uh, you have one, you know, one chance, one opportunity, uh, oh, man, I think yeah. it's, you know, you know, again, like every, every shot counts, um, every save counts. Um, so I, I thought that was, uh, that got me in the right headspace. And, uh, you know, I, I hit all three pipes before, uh, the start of every game and, um, little, little things like that, but I wouldn't say I was, uh, call it like over the top. Yeah. 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 I'm not like, I gotta have a blue Gatorade and, eat chicken parm three hours before three hours and five minutes before. And <laughs> no, no, some goalies go nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, you mentioned a couple times watching, watching a lot of film uh, on shooters. What specifically are you looking for when you yeah, watch it was, film? Um, yeah. I think, think, you know, again, this is all the way back in kind of two, th- 2004 or five, six, and maybe all the teams are doing it uh, nowadays, but uh, you know, we, we got this technology um, that one of our assistant coaches, Mark Goers ran, he would take as much film as he could collect from around the NCAA before maybe we played army the next week and say, okay, army's had six games so far this season. And I could click, okay, you know, um, this shooter at West Point Army has taken 10 shots year to date, two shots against Loyola, two shots against Maryland, two shots against Hopkins. And I would study the dodge, the shot, the release of the shot and where they would shoot the ball. And so, um, you know, when we got to, for instance, you know, the game that this paid off the most and probably what I think is, is my best college game was against Cornell in the quarterfinals leading up to the national championship. Um, 
they had this extraordinary attackman, and I can't forget his, uh, I can't recall his name in, in this moment in time. And there was one situation, he was eight yards out, he was all alone, and he shot the ball over 100 miles an hour. And it was one of those things, I'd watched film, I knew where he was going to shoot the ball, and I just had to make a guess. And mm-hmm. it was probably, you know, again, one one or two goal game. And was those types of saves, you know, in college lacrosse where, you know, your 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 plus or minus a goal makes the difference. Um, and so, you know, I prided myself on that and didn't necessarily have the luxury in the MLO with that. But it, with LXM, with two teams, certainly, uh, you know, it helped being against okay. the same shooters all the time. Yeah. Wow. What a resource. What, what, what a great resource to be able to see, you know, all the shooters shots. And I mean, a lot of them have the same tendencies. Um, yeah. right. You know, and and then like, sorry, like, ahead. like you said, at, at a certain point, you know, when, when someone's, you know, eight yard step down shot, like you got to read them and beat them. And you have that, like, you know, you have that, um, image in your head or some sort of yeah. additional information to help you beat them. Uh, and you've yeah. got to use that. And there was, there was, there was another example I'll give you, Joe Walters, again, you know, phenomenal lacrosse player, you know, at Maryland. Um, I was so confident that I knew his three shots inside mid, mid range and far range. And I had told the coaches before the game, if he's at this distance at this location, we're going to have a call. And I had the defense step away from him. And so, and because he was so confident he could score from there and I was so confident that I would make that save. So we got basically five free transitions. I would say I'd have the defense step away from him. He would automatically shoot to the same spot. I would go to that spot and make the save and transition. And they never knew that. And like, again, uh, you know, that was great. Uh, you know, coaching staff working with me on that. Wow. That's amazing. So did you ever get burned like that? Where like, oh yeah, if this guy's eight yards out, you know, and he, he dodges whatever down the left alley, he's always shooting stick side off stick high. And then you go for that. And then he shoots, you know, stick side low. Do you of ever course. get burned like that? Yeah. yeah, No, 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 no doubt. Um, but, but I would say like, you know, even though, I, you know, I'm talking kind of, you know, bold, boldly here, it wasn't like I stepped to that location before the ball was released. Right. So it wasn't like a close your eyes and go there. It was, you know, conf- confirmation, you know, that, Hey, yeah. uh, my body's going to lean this direction in anticipation of this. And so, um, it wasn't like, you know, they shot left and I went right, you know, that type of thing. Uh, yeah. But it was just more um, what what Ray Finnegan talked about was loading. Like I would load my legs and I would load my body to explode in the direction of where I anticipated the shot to go. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good word. Loading. Because because when I look at your style, like a lot of times you are kind of like loading and getting ready to to spring, explode. Yeah. spring out. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Uh, with everything you know right now, Matt, what would you go back and give the give? What, what advice would you give to the younger Matt Russell? Um, yeah, no, I mean, I think I think I had great mentors in the sport. You know, uh, where you know that back to kind of the, one of our earlier points is is playing goalie, playing other positions, right? And mm-hmm. uh, and really, uh, you know, playing for the love of the game, right? Like, you know. I was in a hockey family and and ended up being a lacrosse player and, and that was okay. Right. And so, um, and then putting yourself in a position, um, you know, to be successful on, on multiple fronts, right. You know, uh, Georgetown was a better lacrosse program. Um, I considered Syracuse, they were a better lacrosse program, uh, you know, and, and I chose the Naval Academy because, you know, that hit a number of buckets, you know, if I didn't end up getting that starting position, that was still the right, um, you know, I think, uh, decision to make. And so I I think, uh, you know, just staying positive and and realizing you're going to face adversity and, and, uh, and and working through it. Yeah. I love that staying positive, uh, comment. That's, that's a huge one for what I tell goalies. Um, you know, cause positivity is just so important. It's so important. It, it, It makes you successful as a goalie. It makes you successful really in whatever you do. So, um, always be positive. And, and like you said, you had options. Georgetown might've been the better, you know, lacrosse program. Syracuse might've been a different experience. You probably would have had success at all of them, but you know, knowing that the path you took is the right one for you, um, I think is really important. It's going to work yep. out in the end. Yep. Absolutely. Love it. Um, uh, so now you're, you're living outside in New York. Uh, are you doing in doing some coaching? 
Uh, not, not, not coaching just because we're, we're in the COVID em- environment, yeah. but, uh, definitely, definitely passionate about coaching and, uh, you know, yeah, I'm in Westchester, New York and, uh, you know, living in a town called Larchmont and looking forward to getting in- involved in the programs. And, you know, my, uh, my nieces and nephews are starting to play. And so, uh, there's, there's Love a it. lot of lacrosse uh, ahead for me and I've got two young boys as well. So we've already got fiddlesticks in the house. All right. Well, congratulations on those young boys. Um, couple more questions. Do you remember the stick setup you used back, back in the day? Um, it was, it was, it was fairly generic. Uh, and so not, nothing I would say unique about the stick setup. I think I transitioned to monster mesh, uh, for one or two seasons in the pros just because mm-hmm. the shots were coming so fast and I needed to absorb the ball a little bit more, but, um, yeah, but do you had the, the head was just the original eclipse. Is that what you used? Yep. I used the eclipse for a long period of time. Yeah. 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 Same here. Same here. Um, all right, Matt. Well, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on and, you know, sharing your, your goalie knowledge and your stories and, and, and everything. Um, if people want to learn a little bit more about you, are you, are you on the social medias or is there somewhere that they should go? Yeah, no. Uh, well, first, thank, thank you for having me. Always great to talk to another lacrosse goalie and, and, and share stories. Uh, and uh, yeah, no, not necessarily active on social media right now. Um, I, I do know Ray Finnegan has a couple, I think, goalie tapes out there. Uh, they might be VHS at this this point. Uh, <laughs> so uh, a little, 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 little bit outdated, but uh, I mean, you know, I think there's a lot of great instruction out there right now. And, and I think there's a couple clips um, my time working with both STX as, as their sponsor and, and LXM Pro of kind of me giving me tips on, on YouTube as it relates to faking inside kind of shooters um, and things and the likes. So um, sure, uh, enough to get dangerous with. All right. Well, I'll track those down. Maybe even I'll try and track down that VHS uh, VHS tape and see what I can do and put them in this post when, when this comes out. Uh, Matt, yeah. if you had to leave the goalies out there with one final piece of advice, what would that be? Yeah. Play with no regrets. Uh, you know, play, play, play hard, every practice, every game and, uh, and, uh, everything else from there will work itself out. Love it. Ladies and gentlemen, Matt Russell, Matt, thank you so much. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed that interview with the great Matt Russell. Awesome to hear his stories. I never even knew in the 2004 championship season, the first game, he was on the bench. He ended up being goalie of the year, first team All-American, taking Navy all the way to the finals in a great championship against Syracuse, and he started the year on the bench. Unbelievable story. Hope you enjoyed that interview with the legendary Matt Russell. Hope you learned a thing or two that will translate into your own lacrosse goalie game. That'll do it for this week. Once again, I am Coach Damon. If you haven't signed up already next week, March 3rd, a week from today, we're doing the Virtual Lacrosse Goalie Summit with 16 professional coaches and professional goalies, all giving you different elements of the position, teaching you different things, drills, recruiting, week in the life of a D1 goalie, different techniques. It's going to be awesome. Hope to see you there. You can sign up www.goaliesummit.com. Take care. You've been listening to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast with your host, Coach Damon Wilson.